I have a question. My question is, how many of you have been tempted at all in the last two weeks, let's just say, have you been tempted to throw your two cents into any debate, any conversation, anything like that that you've seen pop up on social media? If you've been tempted, let me just see your hands. Now, this may be a point of personal whatever, but I just wanted to know if it was anybody else but me, right? Have you seen stuff come across your thing and you've just scratched your head or just, there's something like it sounds right, but it's not exactly right. You, you know what I mean? Like, you, you, we got to be careful with all that. And so this week, let me just say, I just, I just kind of want to go out here, and, and I'm not going to use a social media platform. I'm just going to use it as a preaching moment. Can I do that? Is that okay? Um, there have been this thing that we need to watch out for, Christians, okay? You, you heard me a moment earlier allude to um, the fact that we may not have, or I don't think we do, until 11 years, another Sunday. Well, there's, there's this thing where some Christians are putting down other Christians because of what their church is doing, meeting today or not meeting today, right? Anybody seen this? Raise your hand if you've seen this. I need to know if I'm not alone. Okay, I've seen this. And I was thinking, man, what a shame not to meet today, right? Except for I, I, I had an opportunity to go to Georgia to a church there, and, and we began to talk, and, and one of the things the pastor said was, this was uh, about two weeks ago, he said, we're not having church Sunday and, or, or on Christmas Sunday, and I went, what? You got to have that. You got to do that. And then he explained to me that they were, you ready for this? They were having eight Christmas Eve services. Yeah, I heard the, oh, yeah, yeah. Because you're, you see, you're up here. You know how that goes. It would be a lot, it would be taxing on your family and stuff. So I said, you know, we don't need to cast stones for stuff like that. And that's just one example. Not that any of you would have seen anything political that you disagreed with. You know? I want to encourage you today to shine the light of Jesus. You don't have to cast stones at anybody. You don't. You have to shine the light of Christ. So today we're going to look at this passage of Scripture in Isaiah, this prophetic passage of Scripture that teaches us how to do just that. It, it says some names that we need to remember. So today, the, the question is, what's in a name? Isaiah 9, 6. Isaiah 9, 6 says this. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. We covered that part of that verse last week. We talked about all those things and what it means and the, the importance of each point. And today, it goes on to say this. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and Prince of Peace. Then it says this. The dominion will be vast and its prosperity will never end. He will reign on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and sustain it with justice and righteousness. From now on and forever. 
The zeal of the Lord of armies will accomplish this. Father God, over the next few minutes, I pray that you would be glorified, that we would be able to apply these things today to our life, and that we can be the salt of the earth. We can be the city on a hill, that light that we get to shine to encourage others to grow closer to you. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. First of all, it breaks down and says that his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Say that out loud. Wonderful Counselor. Okay? If you have any kind of precept in a mind, what in your mind what a counselor is, just let me see your hands. Just just wave at me, whatever. Okay, good. All of us do. Like the first thing that comes to my mind is a camp counselor. I went to camp all of my growing up days, okay? Anybody ever go to RA camp? I did. Um, We went to this place, this wonderful town in Mississippi. Um, Some people really mispronounce it, but it's called Kosciuszko. You ever heard of Kosciuszko, Mississippi? I've heard it, Kosciuszko. I've heard it, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff. But it's called Central Hills. And I remember um, so many of my counselors that I had at RA camp. So much to say that many of those counselors that love Jesus have gone on to be in full-time ministry, and I have connected with some of them around the country at a Southern Baptist event or things like that, and reminded them, hey, you don't know me or remember me, but I was in your cabin. And then it's bad when they go, oh, yes, I do remember you. (laughs) And it's just been a great thing because they're just some awesome, awesome men of God that have been counselors in my past. My dad um, was a counselor at a camp uh, up in North Carolina. Y'all know I love it up there in Nashville, and um, it's in Black Mountain. It's a place called Camp Rockmont, and my dad was there um, in, in the 60s, the 50s and 60s. Um, I had a turn to be a counselor there in the 80s and 90s, and then Nick, my youngest son, actually had to, he got to carry the torch one summer and go up there and work, and his schedule and everything, and he got to work one summer being a counselor. Being a camp counselor is great. Being a camp counselor is one of the most exhausting things you can be. Because what it is, is you are 24-7 with those kids, okay? 25-8 in some worlds, you know what I mean? I mean, you are over in abundance with those. I could tell you some stories you honestly don't want to know, okay? I could tell you some stuff that you just go, why did you tell me that? Okay, uh, because it is, it is terrible, it is hard, it is just the stuff that happens in the middle of the night in the cabin with 12 boys, okay? It is crazy. But the thing that I remember and the thing that I can relate is that if Jesus is anything like some of the counselors I've had, wow. He was there for me. He, he helped me when I was hurting or had a headache or whatever in the middle of the night, met my needs, told me some stuff that I needed to know, challenged me and equipped me for the days ahead. As a matter of fact, what you don't know, at the age of 12 at Central Hills in Kosciuszko, Mississippi, it was at a campfire. We were singing God is so good. You know, one of those real cutting edge temporary, you know, contemporary songs, you know. We were singing God is so good. And that night in that place, in that campfire, I surrendered to full-time ministry. 
at 12 years old. I had no idea what was going to happen. But that's where it happened. And the thing is, I can remember my counselors coming up to me and coaching me and guiding me, even at 12 years old. Another thought for a counselor is, is someone who would sit down with you and they might counsel you through life struggles. What an incredible thing that Jesus would be called the wonderful counselor. That he's there to take care of you in the middle of the night and he's there to walk you through life struggles and problems. And the ones you get to vent on and, 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 and just say whatever you want to say in that time with them so that they can carry that burden and you can release it. Jesus truly is the wonderful counselor, isn't he? Look, all those things, those issues that you have, I think sometimes it's not the issues that you have, it's the fact that you've taken your gaze off of the wonderful counselor. You've stopped giving the wonderful counselor all the stuff in your life. And you started maybe even trying to carry some of it yourself. I want to encourage you to give it to him today. Give it to Christ Jesus, the wonderful counselor. He's also the mighty God. Isn't that incredible? Like, I just, just a, just a, you know, I'm kind of quizzing the audience or, or the crowd or the congregation, um, the, the followers of Jesus. Who in here wants a weak and timid God? Anybody? I don't think so. We don't want a weak and timid God. We have a mighty God. This word mighty in the Old Testament is a, is a militaristic word. It's a, it's a word of a mighty warrior. One who goes before us and, you ready? Fights for us. Amen? Exodus 14, 14 literally says those words. I will fight for you. All you have to do is be still. You don't have to pick up the sword. You don't have to pick up anything. You just have to be still and let God do what he's going to do. You have to be still and let Jesus be who Jesus is. He is the mighty warrior. <coughs> he wants to do so many things in our life today. Not only is he the wonderful counselor and the mighty God. Let me finish on this mighty God point for just a minute. In your mind, if you read scripture, you know right now where Jesus is, right? Jesus is on the right hand of the Father right now. There will be a day where our mighty God comes and gets his bride. There will be a day where God, the Father, says to him, go get your bride. And the mighty warrior the mighty God will do just that scripture tells us that he'll come in riding a white horse and I don't think it's going to be a pretty day for the devil you know our God is a mighty God this point of being an eternal father is interesting too because it's the next point here and we know that there is there is a one of the most incredibly hard things for a pastor to preach on or teach on is the Holy Trinity of God. You do understand and know that we serve and, and worship a triune God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We know that God the Father and God the Son are on the throne right now, and the Holy Spirit is here, that wonderful counselor. He's all here, and it's all this, the, the counselor's here with us, 
hovering, doing what he does. He goes before us. We stay in step with him. This eternal father is an incredible picture of God. You need to understand this. Some of you in this room right now, and I'd be amiss if I didn't at least touch on this fact, at least say this sentence. Some of you in this room, as a matter of fact, statistics tell us a whole lot of you in this room have father wounds. Okay? You have wounds from your father. And the reality is this. You need to hear this as clearly as I can say it. God is not your earthly father. Jesus is perfect. God is the perfect father without blemish, without fault. Literally, God spoke things into existence. We know that this triune God has been in and around since the very beginning. This Christmas day, this Jesus coming in as a baby, it wasn't something that he thought along the way where David was dealing with things and God all of a sudden said, oh, I've got an idea. It didn't happen that way. It's always been his plan to redeem his people. And our Heavenly Father loves us perfectly. Number four is our Savior is the Prince of Peace. Our Savior is the Prince of Peace. Now, Ricky alluded to this just a moment ago. That we have turmoil in our world and sometimes... That turmoil affects us, doesn't it? We can't see through the fog. We can't see through the storm. And the reality is, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Simply put, God spoke those things into existence. He created this scenario called um, the, the Garden of Eden, right? And you had Adam and Eve. You had the way it was supposed to be. You had perfect shalom. Somebody say shalom. Shalom is a Hebrew word that means peace, but I don't want you to think it means peace like you probably think it means peace because we have put peace in this little bottle. Peace just means not fighting. Wrong. Peace is way bigger than that. Peace is literally the way that God intended everything to be. That's why this phrase is so critically important. Sin broke and it, and, it, and it made the shalom of God broken. So basically, sin broke the shalom. The Prince of Peace will redeem it. Amen? Don't miss this. God's plan hasn't changed this utopian world that we would think of would be the Garden of Eden is still the way God intended it and it will be that way in the new heaven. It will be that way for all eternity as we worship God together. Do you see that? Because he's the Prince of Peace. And here's how that plays out. Literally in the text. It's right here. It plays out in the next passage. Watch this. All these names come together. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Plays out just like this. The dominion will be vast. And its prosperity will never end. 
He will reign on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and sustain it with justice and righteousness from now on and forever. The zeal of the Lord of armies will accomplish this. Jesus Christ is the King of kings and the Lord of lords forever and ever and ever. Will you bow your heads with me? Oh, Heavenly Father, you truly are the light of the world. You have gone before us. You have spoken to us. You have delivered us. You have redeemed us. And your kingdom goes on forever and ever and ever. We are thankful. We are grateful. And we love you. We want to shine for you. We pray this in your holy and precious name, Jesus.